ברוך השם. ברוך השם. אוקיי, גוד. great hours um, complex times but very very um, connecting to the ones that are able to hold on it's very very complex for many people to deal with the doubts and the questions they have in their minds because of weird situations with the personal supervision on the individual. A person is uh, dedicating his life and trying to do good things for Hashem, for the world, for, for himself. And then um, being knocked down to the ground over and over. And it doesn't have to be that It's always like uh, surprising or overwhelming or like where did it came from? Like sometimes it's just even you yourself is uh, disappointing yourself and failing yourself and messing up and still looking and trying to understand how can it be that like even myself in my own personal field in, in, in my own comfort zone, Not functioning according to my understanding to my desire like even the person himself can betray himself to be lazy to fall into any kinds of uh, breakdowns and when a person is finding himself in that situation he's questioning very fast and All his uh, faith system, his belief system is no longer solid. He can be disappointed by God. He can be disappointed by society, even the closest circle to him. And when he finds himself even disappointed from himself, so like, with which tools I'm going to work? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't even have me to work with on my own problems. Like, I'm... I'm scratching myself, I'm failing myself. Where is it taking me? When a person is finding himself not loyal to his own purposes, to his own ideology, to his own vision and hope, all of his faith and belief system is, is crashing to, pe- to pieces. Now, Rabbi Nachman of Breslev said, that three hours before Mashiach will come, it will be hard to hold on to Judaism and to faith as it's hard to climb on a metal um, wall that it's like flat, totally flat, like a mirror, like a glass, like you, you don't have where to hold or to grab. That's how hard it is To hold in Judaism, maybe not as hard like it's going to be three hours before Mashiach will come, but it becomes harder and harder and more and more complex to hold on to Judaism. And many people are holding to something that they define as Judaism, but it's not necessarily Judaism. To be just like religious or to create your own religion, 
and to claim that that is Judaism without really being a truth seeker that is dedicating his life to find the truth will not bring you to the truth of Hashem. David Amelech, King David, that no one can question on him after such great statements from Hashem himself and from prophets in later generations. We saw his actions. We saw his amazing deeds. We saw how loyal he was to Hashem. We saw his dedication. We, we heard about him from Hashem himself in, in prophecies, in great voices. And even he himself was begging to Hashem Barach all the time to guide him in the path of Hashem's truth. He knew that a person can fail, that a person can fall. He's begging and asking from Hashem to support his destiny, to help him to make the right choices, to help him to correct his mistakes. He's humble about his being. The person is failing and disappointing himself only when his expectations from himself are high. Now, it does not mean that we should not desire great things, even greatness, but we need to come from that understanding that we are in the hand of Hashem, and it's not guaranteed to us that we shall succeed. We need to count on Hashem's mercy, and mercy is an act of kindness towards someone that does not necessarily deserve that kindness. You're having mercy on the poor. You're giving him money for hours he didn't work. You're helping him to achieve something that he did not work to achieve, but you're helping him out of your mercy. So when we are counting on Hashem because he is kind, because he is full of mercy, we are counting on that, that he will help us even if we are not perfect. And when you realize that you're not perfect, and you learn how to be okay with that, that you're not perfect, you will not be so surprised and disappointed from yourself if you woke up late, if you fell to your fears, if you fell to your desires, to your lusts, even to rage and anger, and even to be so lack of faith in ways that you're going to have like doubts on Hashem, like really going to doubt your own faith. It's written on King David, the same King David, that he was thinking of worshipping idols. In one of his horrible downs, he was considering to worship idols. Bikesh David He was asking for some solution. He almost starved. He suffered so badly. The difficulties and challenges were over the head. He was not able to deal. He didn't have no oxygen, no water, nothing. He was done. And he asked to die. We had few prophets that were wishing death. Yonah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet, Moshe. Moshe? <laughs> Moshe said to Hashem, if you're not forgiving them, kill me. Erase me from the book that you wrote. He was willing to die a few times. He was willing to die. 
You cannot stand your being when everything collapses around you. No sane person is able to see the destruction of his nation. Esther Malka was ready to die for that. And she said, I'm risking myself to be cut from this world and from the world to come because I cannot see the destruction of my nation, of my people. And the Gemara is telling us that the merciful people, you cannot call their lives life because they're not alive, they're suffering. They see the pain and the sorrow. If we would, God forbid, open our eyes to see the pain and the sorrow of the world, most definitely we wouldn't be able to go to sleep or to stay awake. We will just lose our minds completely. You cannot. The pain of one person that was like afraid one moment before he died and, and, and died is not something that none of us is able to handle. One person who died. And you had billions of, of, of deaths until now. The pain and the sorrow of the world now, when a person is being exposed to all that pain, it shakes his stability. But look now for a moment about Hashem himself, that like we said, he is the father of mercy. And we said that the merciful ones are not able to live. Why? Because the, their pain is so great. But HaKadosh Baruch Hashem Barach himself is with us in all our troubles. He's suffering with us all of our most tremendous pain. But not only with us and you're thinking about yourself, with plural us. He's 100% with you in your pain and with him in his pain and with her in her pain and with them in their pain. And with all of us, like with each and every single one of us, but not only with the people, also with all the animals. He is life itself. So wherever there is threat for life, Hashem is being threatened. Hashem is being hurt. And this is why when I am saying, we're hoping for your salvation all day long, I'm not aiming on my salvation that will come from Hashem. To your salvation means that you will save me. That's not even the simple explanation of the words. This is not the right wording. To say, to your salvation, we were waiting all day long. So the world is used to think that it's like your salvation means salvation that will come from you. But that's not how you say it. You don't say, to your salvation to the salvation, to like to a salvation that will come from you, for you to save us. Like there are ways to say that. But when we say kili to your salvation, we are waiting for all day long. It means one thing, to your salvation, to Hashem's salvation. And Hashem himself is crying in the mystery places, in the dark places, in the hidden places. Hashem is crying. Hashem is saying, my spirit, my soul is crying in the mystery places, in the, in the hidden places. Hashem is crying. Hashem is crying for the lost of the people of Israel, for the lost tribes. Hashem is crying for the death and the sorrow of the Jewish tribe, of the Jewish people. 
of every pearl and 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 any loss and even any cancellation of Torah to a person who desires to learn the sorrow and the pain and the general pain of the world for children who's losing their parents and parents are losing their children and for one moment of fear that they might lose their child, it's already enough to lose your mind. And Hashem is inside of all that pain and He's the one who needs the salvation. We have been blessed with our fears, with our desires, with our lusts, because by, by them, by having them, those who are called lackings, we have a shelter, we have places to hide. We're running away from our fears to the television, to our phones, to social media, we're running from our pressure and our emotional pain to the refrigerator, to food. We're having hobbies. We're going to the gym. We're hiking. We're hearing music 24 hours a day. We're like distracting our thoughts with candies, with, with popsicles, with TVs, with shorts, with anything that can take our mind away from the pain with painkillers, ah, drugs, holy drugs. And in the end of the day, we are spending most of our day without our anxiety, without our pressure, without our tremendous fear and trauma that is hunting us and escorting us from day first of creation throughout all generations. It didn't start on COVID. It started when we were exiled from the Garden of Eden. It started when we as souls realized that we've messed up. That's where it began. The first man and Chava, his wife, they didn't know what's going to happen to them. It's written in the introduction to the book of Raziel Malach that Adam was scared. He was crying and begging to Hashem when he was like right out of the of the, of the Garden of Eden, standing overwhelmed from being exiled on his first few steps out of the Garden of Eden, he cried to Hashem, now I don't know what's going to happen to me. Well, what's going to happen in my days? What's going to happen in my weeks? What's going to happen in my months? What's going to happen in, during the day, during the night? I, I don't know. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my children, to my great-grandchildren, to the generations? He was crying for that. Now, when parents are together, so the spark from the soul of the father is connecting with the spark from the soul of the mother. And there you have a child that is receiving an additional high portion of soul to that combination. And the two becomes three with Hashem's soul and they create the next generation so actually, inside of you, there is a spark that is traveling through all the generations, early generations. Because the spark that Adam gave to his child with his wife, Chava, passed on and gave a spark. And that spark gave out another spark. And 
even though that they are, so to speak, getting smaller in a way, it's actually like a candle that is transforming, transferring this, the flame from one wick to the other. It's not losing its power. It's just expanding its light. But it's the same fire. It's not a different fire. It's not a new fire. It's coming from a spring of fire. The candle, we call it a spring of fire, Mayan Shil Ish, because it's an eternal fire. And when a child comes down to the world, he's coming with an ancient soul that was passed on to him from his parents, and his parents received it from their parents. So even though that your mind is blocked because of the forgetfulness that is also, like we said before, like the lusts, like the desires, the forgetfulness is also a blessing and a gift because by having it, you are able to deal with your life. Because if today you would have to deal with all the memories of your old lifetimes, it would be way too much to handle. Like you're barely able to, to deal with yesterday, with, with what happened when you were 15 or 17. You can't handle that. So how will you be able to handle the past traumas of different lifetimes and many, 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 many lifetimes that we've been in? Because think about the numbers. You came out of two, and those two came out of four, and those four came out of eight, and those eight came of 16, and 16 came from 32. And it's growing. It's growing wildly. The numbers of bodies that you were at and experienced lifetime inside of them is enormous. And your soul remembers it all. But your awareness, your mind, forgot. But the soul is like when you go to the dentist and he gives you a painkiller and start working on your tooth, on the roots. Your body feels the pain. Only your brain does not feel the pain. He's creating, by giving you the painkiller, the drug, a certain... Um, barrier that blocks the pain, the body, to express the pain to the mind, to the brain. Your body is suffering the trauma of the pain, even when you don't feel it in your mind, your body is suffering. When a person is going to surgery, his body is in trauma, in crazy trauma, as if he was cut awake, but his awareness is not being hurt. He doesn't remember the pain. But his body needs to recover. He's dead tired. He must rest. Because the body felt the crazy pain of the surgery in 100%. Just that the mind was not aware to it. So lifetimes and all that are too much for us to handle. But the creator, he handles it all. Because he is life itself. And he is life within all bodies that were ever created in all times, in all places. 
and he's experiencing it all without the limitation of time. So for him, the pain is eternal. So the pain and the sorrow is tremendous and we cannot even understand what we're talking about. And this is why we need to, even though it sounds a bit crazy, to judge Hashem favorably. Because we cannot understand what's going on in the upper worlds. We cannot see the war. We cannot see the pain. We don't see what's going on. We don't see who is up, who is down, who is fighting, and how it's happening. It's written on Rav Bibi Bar Abaye that he was a, an Amora, and he tried to see the world of beyond, and he did some, made some spell and, and, and made some Kabbalistic act, and his eyes were open to see, and he lost his mind. He lost his mind on the spot in a minute. The son of Abaye, like Abaye was a, a pillar of fire. His son, Rav Bibi, was a gigantic soul. We don't understand what we're talking about. And that person with all the tools, with all the vessels, with all the abilities, with all the wisdom, with all the qualification, like he was pure and holy and righteous and ready and prepared, Everything was set for him. We're talking about early generations, alone, meditating, everything in perfection. In the moment that he saw something, he lost his mind. Four went with Rabbi Akiva. Only Rabbi Akiva came back. All the other three lost their mind. One died. One fell off the path totally. One totally freaked out, lost his mind lost his sanity. How come? You cannot handle the upper worlds. It's not meant for our capacity. So we need to understand that what that is being delivered to us on a daily basis is the maximum that we can handle. And therefore, we should be okay with going through that because it's already a big pile for us. It's a big mission and an important one. And you can never know how your part is important and needed and crucial even for the last redemption. You can never know the greatness of your actions, the outcomes of your effort, of your hishtadlut. Even when you do the most simple things that you think that many, many around you are doing the same and even better, maybe. If you would see a small, tiny animal carrying a big pack, you will be so amazed. But that big, large pack won't be nothing compared to the cargo that you can put on the back of an elephant. But from an elephant, you won't be so impressed, even if you will drag a car, because it's an elephant. It's, it's, it's powerful. But when you see a small ant carrying eight times of her weight, you, you look at it overwhelmed, because as small that you are, that's how great is your effort. And it means so much to Hashem. And if you find yourself that you're weak, that you're broken, that you're failing, that you're falling, that you're crashing, that you are totally not stable, 
it doesn't mean that you're not graceful in the eyes of Hashem. It might be that you are the most beautiful person now in the whole world because you're so innocent and so vulnerable. And that's what Hashem wants from us. What am I asking from you? Only to have that fear from heaven, that faith. Hashem just wants us to believe. He's not demanding us all the sacrifices and all those strict and radical ways of, of observing Torah. That is not the will of Hashem. Hashem wants us to give our heart, to try, to be honest. Today I learned some lessons about myself <laughs> that unfortunately other people had to suffer from my mistakes for me to realize that I am hurting people. I had to make a mistake to learn and on the back of my loved ones. It's crazy. You don't want those lessons. But if they are required and if you will not learn them so you're going to continue hurting your loved ones, maybe now after seeing that in such a clear and painful way, you will understand finally and you'll find the power to change, hopefully. Most definitely that without those reflections, there is no chance for the, for the, for the person to learn. You can see the greatness of light only after experiencing darkness. You can appreciate money, money only after experiencing poverty. You will never disgrace food only if you were hungry and you were poor and you know the taste of hunger. You know the quality and, and benefit of being healthy only if you recovered from something serious and you were very ill, very sick. You can appreciate your loved ones only after you're afraid to lose them, God forbid. And it's a silly test. It's a stupid situation. We hate it. We don't want that. We're begging. Please, Hashem, cancel all decrees, all judgments. But if he still didn't, we need to believe and to count on him that he knows our ways much better than us and that that path is needed and important for us. So we just should and can do the maximum that we can do, and not more than that. You're not able to do more than you can. So we're doing the maximum we can, and we're trying as much as we can to be happy about it and to believe that it's for a purpose, for a cause, for a reason. And the hand of Hashem will never be short and the things that we're afraid of, destruction of the world, third world war, Israel, Palestinians, all that, it's all nonsense. Those are all jokes. It can look as if harsh things are about to come. Yeah, it does. That is exactly how the evil inclination is distracting us from our simple faith, for us to fall to our fears, for us not to be completely dedicated flames of fire to Hashem. But if we will not let those fears control us, we will see that Hashem is opening a dry land in the middle of the ocean and helps us to walk in a chilled, icy road in the middle of a gigantic bonfire, like it did to our ancestors. Nothing new. Nothing new.
brings food from the sky, building houses in the deserts for us, covering us with clouds of honor, great things, supplying water in the desert, walking well with a whole nation that are drinking from it, growing clothings on our bodies while we grow in the desert for 40 years the shoes were never torn the clothings were always being washed on their own and being cleaned by themselves amazing wonders and miracles the way to conquer the land of israel <laughs> blowing shofar blowing shofar and the angels are are are, are running the wars we think that we need to die for the wars. It's, it's our belief system that is bent and crooked, that we think that we need to have a strong army. That's our belief system. That's how bent we are, because we have been hurt so badly. So we think that we need to have a strong army. The reason why we always had a strong army was not because we needed a strong and trained army. It was because the Tashem was fighting for us, so we were strong. <laughs> We were not trained. <laughs> we were always sitting and learning Torah. The Hashmonaim, before the wonders of the war against the Greeks, they were fasting for three days. Can you have a crazier soldier than that? To fast three days before he goes to fight? Three days with no drinking, with no eating? Like, you need to be crazy. Like the, You can never go to a war after starving yourself for three days. That's what they did. And with every arrow, they killed 100 people. With every sword hit, they hit, they killed 1,000 people. The Midrash is revealing all that. Wonders took place. Yoshua Binun came. He walked with Pinchas ben Elazar Cohen. Pinchas was, was, was blowing the golden trumpets, and angels would come down from the sky and killing thousands of of. of Nation's enemy soldiers that came to kill us. Hashem sent angels to take the souls and like they were falling down, corpse, dead. Only Hashem is battling for us and winning the wars for us. So we need to dedicate our lives to our faith and for our sanity. To be okay with who we are and to understand that the struggle is the exile, that is the road, that is the way, and we can only do the best we can, so to do it with grace, to do it with charm, to do it with positive attitude, to be the maximum that we are, to go forward, making another step, another day, another hour, thank you Hashem, completing your mission, doing the job, please Hashem, bring the salvation, salvation for us, salvation for you, opening the eyes of other people to call Hashem, to talk to Hashem, to pray to Hashem. That's our mission. That's our goal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so now we welcome anybody that has a question, please. Either raise your hand or let me know. Yeah, Donna. Well, uh, my question is, uh, I keep hearing um, two different like versions of Messiah, uh, Mashiach. And um, one is he's like 
within us and the other is like he's gonna be uh like um a hair um a, um a, what do you call it um king david's uh hair heir <laughs> um, descendant descendant thank you and um well i i is like where is mashiach i mean uh I the verse I is saying the verse is saying that in the generation of Mashiach, when they will count the criminals, one, two, three, the criminals, when they're going to count them, he will be counted with them. So first of all, he's coming from the criminal side of the world. He's coming from, <laughs> from, from, the, from the dark side of the world. That's where he's coming from. He will be born to that area of the criminals. And from the criminals, he will come out to the light. But because that he will walk that journey of first being a criminal and then sobering himself and finding the path to the truth, by that he will be qualified to be Mashiach. How? By having that quality, that ability to relate to everyone, to anyone without feeling and thinking to himself that he's better than someone. When you came out of the dark places, you will never think that you're better than someone else. When you realize your own personal poverty, you won't be arrogant to think that you're better than someone else, even if you found the light. So first of all, we know that he will come from that place we do know definitely that he will be a descendant of King David. And we're just waiting for him. The simplicity is the only way to, to bring him over into our lives. It's just to speak to his soul and to ask him to come and to ask from Hashem to have mercy on him, on Mashiach and to give him the strength and the power that he's needed to accomplish the victory of his wars. And it's written on Mashiach that when he will fight, he will fight only with prayer, with no bow and arrow, with no sword, no gun, no weapon. Only prayers will, will be answered and, uh, and bring the victory that we're all desiring. The prayers of Mashiach will be the final ones to seal all the requests of all the souls from all generations that were ever praying. He will be the final one. Thank you, Ray. I have a question, Rob. Please. You mentioned about how the sparks that we receive from our parents. What happens in the case when your parents, they leave when you're very small and you feel in a sense like an orphan, like you have to find on your own and search and find Hashem this is, where 
this is something else. The, the reality that we spoke about was the reality of the seed and the egg, of the mating of the parents. That's where the spark of life is being transferred to the child. He becomes a baby when the soul is joining from the body of the father to into the body of the mother. Then the connection is taking place. All the education, there are also sparks over there, but those are not main sparks as the sparks of the soul um, triangle, of the soul combination. You understand? The Nefeshwach yes. and the Neshama are larger pieces. In further parts of the person's life, definitely he is uplifting other sparks, and some of them can also come or not come through his parents, but that is not the explanation I gave. The explanation was about the mating and the creation of, of, the, of the person, of the baby, of the, of the body, of the man, woman. Okay, okay. Todaraba for clarifying. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Hello. How are you? Thank you so much, Ra, for all of your your classes. Um, I have I have a thought that I think that I wanted to share, and I wanted to get the Rob's opinion. So you know, during during the Holocaust, you know, the Jewish people, everybody stayed so separate. Like the people that were not Orthodox, like everybody said, it's not it's not my situation like I'm really a German it's not going to bother me and everybody was so separate and in the end everybody was you know everybody had to deal with it I feel like today that's the same thing everybody's saying it's not me it's somebody else and in the end we're all going to have to answer for everything is that is that something that is is something to think about like how if we're supposed to all be you know call Yisrael Arivim Zelazel like isn't that the case today like everybody's so separate in their own world myself included I just wanted to get the Rav's opinion on that thank you I want to tell you something interesting if I may I heard that a person named Kanye West said a few days ago about the black um, people that uh, they belong to the lost tribes. That's what he said. And he said that they, as lost tribes, are disconnected from their tradition. They don't know their root. They don't know who they are in a different way than the Jewish people, that the Jewish people, they do know. And then he said, and if we would know our roots, we would not shoot each other in the streets, and we would not praise each other for sleeping with other men's wives and on, like doing horrible things. We would just build our own houses and taking care of our own families and building our communities together. That's what he said. So I'm gonna take it out from his conversation 
I'm going to tell you that the real truth is that great unity. And that is definitely the secret of the people of Israel, that we meant to be together and to hold on together. And we have great, great bonding and, um, and, uh, and mutual responsibility for each other. And call Israel Arevim Zelazeh because we are brothers, we're one family. I explained it once in a class, and I said, every one of us is standing in front of Hashem and telling him, look what I've done. I finished the whole Sefer Tehillim. I finished the Gemara. I kept Shabbat. Our Shabbat table was beautiful and on. And Hashem is looking at you, and like he wants to be happy and joyful with your great success. But he cannot. Why he cannot? Because your lost siblings are still out. And they haven't kept Shabbat, and they did not eat kosher food, and they don't have the wisdom that you have. And how can you be happy and satisfied enjoying something you have while your siblings are naked and empty from that same thing? You cannot be happy with your home while your brother is homeless. You cannot be satisfied from your food while your brother is starving. So the outcomes of the exile is that we have been spread around and divided, and that is the work of the evil inclination. Like the animals, the predators, they are separating one animal from the pack, and by that they're controlling him. They're separating and controlling, jumping all over that individual, unique, simple one that went out of the pack. That's how they're controlling us. So we feel safe. Oh, no, I have my home. I have my community. I have my synagogue. And suddenly something horrible happens to a community, God forbid. And then you realize that you're totally naked and exposed. And, and you cannot defend yourself because you're alone and isolated on a hill in a closed-gated community. <laughs> closed-gated community doesn't sound good after the experience of ghettos. <laughs> So in reality, we just need to understand that we must reunite and reconnect ourselves to the pain and sorrow and needs of our siblings. And for anyone who cares for, for our soul and for the soul of Israel, the general soul of Israel, he belongs with us, even if he's not Jewish. Even if he's not Jewish. If he wouldn't be holding so if he wouldn't have sparks of soul of an israeli soul within him he wouldn't care for the people of israel he wouldn't care for the torah he wouldn't care for the jewish people if he care for the jewish people if he cares for the public of israel and he loves the torah and he loves the land of israel he has some israeli spark in his soul or else he wouldn't Thank, Thank you, you, Rob. Thank you. Such a great response. Thank you, Zarva. Thank you. Like I said before, it can be that a person seven generations before there was an Israeli or a Jewish soul that got married and put its spark into that soul. 
And from now on, that soul is carrying that Jewish or Israeli light within it, even if it's considered a non-Jew, a Gentile. But the Jewish spark is like going wild inside of his body, making him crazy all the time, pulling him. He must visit Israel, he must visit Israel. He listens to songs, he hears the word Zion, he's like, whoa, Zion. The Israeli soul within you is, is, is making you wild. Hi, um, Rob Joy. This is Shalom Anna. Ubaka. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi, good. Uh, thank you for your great teaching. Um, I had a question about something I think Please. you actually touched on with the Kabbalah and Rabbi Akiva. So... Uh, I am wondering uh, when people seek out, you know, these different experiences, like uh, some people go to a shaman, you know, for ayahuasca looking for healing. Some people mm -hmm. look to astrology. Uh, some people look to um, have some curses or blockages removed, you know. Um, I, you know, when I read about these things, I'm always very... I want to say cautious. Like, for example, I understand why Maimonides said what he said about astrology. I understand that. Uh, I am cautious, I guess, of anything dark energy, you know, maybe things that you're not sure about coming from another place. But I also believe that Hashem can use certain avenues that maybe it's not so clear or not so straightforward. So I just would love to hear your thoughts about uh, what's permitted, what's good to steer clear of, any general thoughts on, on these? So uh, first of all, in general, I will tell you that there was a lot of knowledge that was given by Abraham to his many children, many children, not Yitzchak, not the wisdom that Yitzchak gave to Yaakov and Yaakov to the tribes. There were other many, many books of wisdom that he gave to each and every one of his children, and every one of them went and became a nation. So there is a lot of wisdom that in a traditional way, until today, is being passed on, and its root is from Avraham. But because that it has been divided from the main wisdom of Judaism, so it's not complete. None of them inherit a complete wisdom Torah like the people of Israel did, but they inherit very deep books with wisdom about souls, wisdom about plants, about soils, about stars, about times, about water, about wind, air, fire, and on. A lot of knowledge is spread around in the world now. And mostly came from Abraham because he had many children after his wife Sarah died, passed away. So, but that wisdom is not sifted. You understand? When you go, when you're hungry and you're in the forest, you look for food. You check things out, some branches, some leaves, whatever. And if you don't 
get any bad reactions to the food you just ate, it becomes food. And there is vitality, there is life in it. So it is food. But it's most likely food of animals and not food of human beings. Most food of human beings needs to be cooked, baked, cleaned, washed, taken care of in many ways, processed for it to be qualified and good for us to eat. But other kinds of food that are not as processed, are not that clean, are still considered food. They can still give strength and power to the person. They might not be as perfect, but they can provide something. So foreign wisdoms that hold within them spells, technology, wisdom, tricks, natural wisdom, Eastern medical wisdom, you cannot ignore them, but they're not complete. They have and they do have a lot of wisdom in them, but they're not in perfection. That's one. The problem, though, is that also us, the Jewish people, even though that in hand rights and in hands of some individual righteous people, we do have a lot of ancient great knowledge, but the majority of the rabbis and the teachers also not aware to the great secrets. So it's very hard to find. So to the next part of your question, what is the solution? Where can we go? I'm not able to, to give you an answer for that. You should pray to Hashem to guide you in the path of truth, to send on your way honest, truthful, and righteous people to, to help you grow and develop in the real true path according to the root of your soul. And I'm sure that if your prayer will be honest, you shall be answered and see the wonders of Hashem, how He speaks to you directly through people, through trees, and the wind itself. No problem. Thank you. It's very helpful. And um, I guess the second part of what you just said, uh, asking Hashem for guidance and opening my heart, you know, with an honest prayer, that's what keeps perhaps with the analogy you gave about the food in the forest. Maybe right. it's uh, because you can eat one bad berry, it's poisonous, and that can be it, you know? <laughs> so, we, need uh, we definitely need prayers. Yes. But except for Thank that, there are, there are also known things that are known as um, idols worshipping instruments or tools, like black magic and stuff like that, that definitely we should stay away from. So like... Maybe you can also add to my explanation that some halakha learning won't do no damage to learn what is allowed and what is not allowed, because there are some things that are definitely not allowed. If food is not kosher, so it cannot be eaten, blood can never be like taste, opening cards, making a seance, like talking to spirits, to ghosts, to dead people. 
those are things that we are not um, it's not our way it's definitely not our way all kinds of dark magic and black spells and like those are things that we are like staying away from yes thank you very much good luck thank you Elisa. do you want to go ahead What is your um, understanding of the of holding both um, Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef? You want my honest opinion about it? I think it's going to happen in the same house. I think the wife will be from Bet Yosef and the husband will be from Bet David. That's my understanding about it. I I don't know. I might be a dat yachid on it. It might be that I'm the only one who said that, but I think that that will be the completion. I think that it will come from one house and the wife will be Bet Yosef and the husband will be Bet David. But in different opinions, to different, to according, according to different opinions, you have Mashiach Ben Yosef that is fighting to help Mashiach Ben David. He is crashing in the war and Mashiach Ben David is winning the war for him. Like he's crashing and not dying in different generations, he died. But in the final one, so he is crashing, but he's not dying while defending King David's soul, like the soul of Mashiach ben David, the son of David. But the Mashiach ben David is overpowering the enemy and defeating them and saving Mashiach ben Yosef as well. I believe that it will happen inside the house. That's good. That's good. I I read a really awesome teaching by um, Rav Shlomo Karlbach, and I don't remember where he got it from. But he says that like these two aspects of of Yiddishkeit of Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef that they represent two different holy paths of a Jew. And that you picture the scene at the pit where where Joseph is is at the pit and and he's about to be taken off by the Midianites and to be taken down to Egypt. And 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 Joseph says to his brother, I think it's Ruvain. I'm not sure if it's Ruvain. I think it's Ruvain. He says he says no, it's Judah. He says to Judah, please bless me that I should, can be a tzaddik, that with all the temptations that I'm going to have, that I should be a tzaddik. <clears throat> Yehuda says to him, bless you that, that way, and, and please bless me that I should be able to do teshuvah. And that, and that both, in both ways, that like they're both, like they're both, the paths that every Jew is supporting each other's path. Yeah. Amazing. I um, I would rather and uh, be very interested of uh, finding the source of that uh, of that maybe an ancient midrash or something. It's an interesting uh, piece of information. I um, I think that it's important to understand that in every generation, the righteous people or the people the ones who are correcting, they're correcting and fixing a certain layer. And the next generation is dealing with a deeper layer. 
an inner layer. So in the end, the last generation is like really touching the core. Is like he's totally inside already. Like even if he's like us, so weak and broken, it's because that he's so exposed and fragile, not because he's so poor and far. It's because that he is totally exposed. He doesn't have no skin. He's like he's there. He's inside the heart already. That's why he's so fragile. So also Nishmat Mashiach ben Yosef and also Nishmat Mashiach ben David, the light that you will see from them is not Yosef's kingship and King David's glory. You're going to see the terror and fear and anxiety of Yosef in prison and the horrible feeling of being lost and separated from his family and betrayed by his siblings. That's what you're going to see from him. And King David being chased for his life and being like betrayed by everyone, neglected and thrown to the gutters by his family members and children and on. That's what you're going to see from them. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the layers that are still need to be corrected. Thank you, Elio. Last question, I guess, from David, right? Yeah. Thank you. Hello, Rob. Thank you for your class. It really resonated Hello. with me. Thank you. Um, Todaraba. I uh, my question was regarding a question that somebody else asked. You said that there are sparks of Israel that are in bodies that have been born to parents that were assimilated um for generations and that that spark is going crazy within them and um it calls them and it wakes up when they hear certain things etc when mashiach comes and all of am israel is to wake up what happens to those individuals who have, let's say, 5% Israeli DNA? Uh, are they considered part of Am Yisrael? The answer is long. I will try to make it shorter for myself, not for you. When the redemption will take place, as I explained a few times before, it will not take place only in the present time of ours. It will hit waves to touch all the time spots that ever took place in the past since the first moment of creation. The redemption will take place in all the moments that were ever experienced by every individual ever since first men. And every person will be redeemed if he is worthy for redemption in many moments of his life, in all the moments that he was qualified for redemption, that he was not a villain in those ones. And he will be cut, God forbid, in those hours that he was sinning against Hashem, that he was doing horrible things that cannot be forgiven, God forbid. Okay, so in the moments, not the person, his arm will not be cut, his eye will not be cut. 
moments of his life will not experience the redemption and moments of his life will experience the redemption. So that person that his soul is, let's say, 5% Israel will experience the redemption that belongs to the souls of Israel when his 5% was in the front of the stage of his functionality, of his work, of his actions. But in the hours that he was acting not out of his Israeli soul, he will stand to the trial as the portion of soul that he was as a Gentile. There is a difference, but he might also inherit the world to come. World to come is not only for Jewish people. or It's different, but it's not isolated. It's not only for them. Was I able to answer? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you've, you've given that lesson before, uh, but it's good to sometimes hear it again um i've i've spoken to a rabbi who i respect heavily he's an incredible person filled with love filled with good energy filled with a fire and passion for am israel for helping jews um he speaks sometimes about uh other nations how they don't have certain portions of uh neshama that we have it throws me off Remind yeah. him, remind him that the wars that took place in the past mixed the nations, and we don't know who is Jewish and who is Israeli and who is not. You can look a person seems Chinese to you, and he's more Jewish than you, and you don't know. You have huge communities in Japan that came to Japan after the Holocaust, and today they look Japanese because they got married with Japanese people that converted to Judaism and they still keeping their Judaism and they look Japanese today. You have Ethiopians, you have Eastern people, you have Western people, like you, you have Jewish all around, you have Israeli souls all around, you can never track, you can never say no, the Englands, the British, the, the Europeans, the Germans, you don't know who among the German people, you have Jewish souls. You know that in DNA tests that were made in, in Hungary, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure, I heard that, that in blood test DNA that were made in Hungary, there are over 70% of the people that has Jewish blood mixed in their blood. 70% of Hungary. Jewish community in, in Hungary was totally destroyed. You have like maybe individuals that are still like real Jewish people walking over there. But all the rest, all those 70% of people that have Jewish blood are Jews that lost their way in earlier generations that were blended, were mitbolelim in the nations. Thank you guys. Have a great night. Shavua Tov. Many blessings to you all. And I hope to hear good news you, from you. Thank, Thank you. Shavua Tov. Thank you, Shavua Tov. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone.